or what has been the impact of partnership on New Day? So let's start with the journey. When I was 23 years old, I felt to start a church. And um, uh, when I was 22, I had been sitting in our, in our church as it was. And I had felt God give me something. Here's what led to it. When I was 18, I got saved. I became a Christian, put my faith in Jesus. He took me to Genesis 12 about all the things I've got to leave and give up and do all that. And then he said, I will tell you to which I've called you. Now, I was studying law at the time at Rao, which is now UJ. And I had to go and announce to my parents, I'm going to leave. I'm going to not study law anymore. I said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. God will tell me. For the next five years, I went to the year of your life that our church was running. I went to the army. I worked for three years. And then during that time, in that last year sometime, I was sitting in church and our pastor in those days, I'm talking early 90s, middle 90s, talked the language of we as a mother church want to start satellite churches. And I was sitting there and I tell you, it's like if I was a bry with little coals burning, it was like fire was thrown on that thing. And in one preach, just sitting in church, minding my own business in whatever 40th row at the back, I suddenly knew what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And I went to our pastor at the time and I said, look, I really believe God wants me to find a church. And he said, great, I can go with that. And so what we did was we did. We went and started a church. Now, I, at the age of 24, we started New Day, May, uh, when I was 24, but it was called Living Word Church Bedford View. Then it changed its name to Eastside, then to New Day. So we've had a couple of changes as, as we've read the seasons. But in planning the church, what God did was he took me to uh, book of Acts. And so every year, once a year, I'd gone holiday down to Cape Town. And I would ask the Lord, okay, I'm not preparing to preach now. I don't have to, in every quiet time, say, sure, I wonder if this is for me or the church. What happened was God started to take me just through the book of Acts. And I would read chapter 1 to 28. 1 to 28. Every year for three years, I would read the book of Acts. And I would look at it and say, man, there's something here that is absolutely beautiful, but I couldn't quite see because I didn't understand then apostolic prophetic lenses. And then something happened in the life of our church where I needed help. I needed some input. What had happened was when I came into the Bedford View area, I met up with the ministers fraternal. I met with a few guys. Uh, most said, we'll see you at fraternals. Of all the people I phoned, two agreed to see me for coffee. The one was the guy who led Bedford View Methodist in those days. I can't remember who he was. Very engaging, cup of tea, anything I ever need. And the other one uh, was this guy from Cornerstone, this Irishman, Jim Lamont. And uh, I met with him, and it was, it had a couple, or again, I met with him and his wife, Margaret. Went out for breakfast. I'll never forget Harper's at, at, at Eastgate. And, uh, you know, while Greg, anything you want, you just come to me, and we, we'll be able to help you, and we'll be able to do things with you. And uh, it wasn't a year or two after that when I ran into some, some particularly interesting dynamics in our church where certain things were threatening to disrupt what we'd built over those years. And I prayed and I said, God, what do I do? The first thing God told me, he said, go to Jim Lamont. Went to Jim Lamont and uh, uh, I won't tell you the long version of the story, rather keep to the short version. But basically what happened was he counseled me through what to do. And uh, I, I took his advice, did what he said. Uh, we did have, have a couple of people we lost in the church and we had to work some things through. It was very trying time. I'm very young at the time, very trying times. And you're asking the question, is this why I left work to come to ministry to 
face these kind of challenges. And I'm very young, and there's agendas happening and all sorts of things. And um, Jim started to tell me about NCMI, New Covenant Ministries International, in those days led by Dudley Daniel, Dudley and Daniel. And he started to talk to me about the dynamic of New Testament churches. And as he started to talk to me and he invited me to, to what we call today Connects, and I would go and sit with these guys. What was amazing to me is to go back the three years of being in the, uh, you know, on the beach just looking at Scripture in my quiet times on holiday, it was the book of Acts. And suddenly the missing pieces fitted. And I began to understand what apostolic Christianity would look like. <clears throat> so for instance, in those first three years of leading the church, we had a leadership team. I refused to appoint elders because I needed to see in the Bible, how do we do this? Who are elders? What do they do? I didn't see churches working in isolation. I didn't see denominations. I saw us going into nations. In fact, we had been to Italy. I'd been to England preaching. I'd been to um, uh, Zambia. Gone and doing things because God's putting things in my heart, but there was no kind of riverbanks by which we could move as a church. And I was literally doing my best. And then so after these incidents in our church, sat with Jim, and Jim began explaining and opening scripture to me and, and uh, showing me how, what the pattern of New Testament Christianity looks like, apostolic prophetic Christianity. And by the way, when I got saved, the very first verses God ever spoke to me, the day after I gave my life to Jesus, was Ephesians 2, 18 to 20. And he said to me, and I had to look it up in my Bible, I didn't know where Ephesians was, and he said to me, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but citizens with God's household, members of God's own family, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself, the chief cornerstone. And I remember reading that when I'm 18 years old. Now suddenly, fast forward, I'm 26 years old, leading a church, and suddenly a whole lot of things are making sense. And I remember asking Jim to come speak to our church and our leadership team. And I said, guys, I want to talk about moving into a model that I feel is biblical. Who wants to come and listen? 20 people pitched, maybe. We went to the Bedford View Primary School Hall, and we didn't even sit in the hall because there were too few people. We sat on the stage. And I remember Jim came, and Anne, uh, Jim and Margaret, and they walked in, and he looked at me, and he put his arms around me, and he said, Greg, you've done so well. And I just wanted to cry with just gratitude that some guy recognized that after all this time, this is kind of all I could put together. And I'm like, oh. and, and anyway, so he starts explaining the apostolic prophetic model to us over three weeks, and then uh, I went to the kind of get-together they have, the, the lead elders' time away, and I went to that. And what was, fat, what was beautiful for me is, compared to where I come out of, not one elder pastor there asked me even once, how big's your church? Whereas where I came from, it was always, hi, here's my name, how big's your church? Because that set the pecking order for church life. Yeah, no one even asked me. They want to know about me, what my dreams are, what's God doing with our church, how can they help? And I came into this family that really cared. Later that year, I was invited to Bloom. There was this, this equip, we called it then an LTT, a leader's training time. And I remember going and, and, and I'd said to, I remember saying to Jim, what do I do now? I'm going to walk with you guys. Where do I sign? Where's it? He said, no, you don't. This is a relationship. Uh, here's Dudley's email, gave me Dudley's email, I said, email him. Now, I know from where I was that you would send an email. You're lucky if you got a response in three, four weeks. I remember seeing, sending a, a message to, to Dudley saying, Hi, my name's Greg, and I lead a church, and uh, I'm going to be walking with, with NCMI from now on. And I remember waking up the next morning, because he was in America or Australia, I can't remember. I think America, and opening my, my, my inbox, and there's a message from him. Hi, Greg, fantastic. Gr glad we can partner with you. Glad we'll be of mutual benefit. Uh, please come to Bloom in September. Come say hi there. Great you're walking with us. Heaps of love, Dudley and Anne. I couldn't believe it. 
Later that same year, I go to Bloom, and there's thousands of people in a room together worshiping God, praising, and I'm seeing biblical leadership, biblical pattern, going to the nations, partnership. I'm seeing how this whole thing is, is, is unraveled in Scripture. I remember just getting so filled up in that particular meeting, going to a restaurant, walking into a restaurant, finding Dudley and Anne sitting there. They couldn't sit with me because they had all these meetings planned, but he remembered my name from when I'd given him something months ago. Uh, going back, beginning to partner, slowly moving my leadership team to the place of let's be in partnership with someone that provides covering and relationship and walks according to the scriptures. So for the next few years, I started asking the questions. Okay, what do we do? How do we do this thing? One of the first things they said is, be where we're at and go where we go. Because as Dudley always said, these truths are caught, they're not taught. And so I would attend all the training times, bring as many people as I can. Uh, Marcus may remember in those early days, I even, because we had morning meetings in the Bedfordview Primary School Hall, I would take our leadership and our people to go to Cornerstone's evening meetings just to see how they did things differently. It was before the big building they have now. It was in the, where they now have the coffee shop. And I remember learning and making adjustments and figuring out how to do this. And suddenly you begin to teach what deacon teams look like, what eldership teams look like. And then you've got apostolic team coming in and ministering into your life, your marriage, your family, the church. Suddenly when you're facing big key decision-making times, you don't, you're not left on your own because you call on the apostolic team. And because they've walked a journey with you and because they've built up a trust and a relationship with that local church, they're able to walk with you. And so we started to get different team guys in, do ordinations for us, explain things to us. Our church began to be built on a far more biblical pattern. The church began to get healthy. It began to get strong. Then after that, two things uh, happened that kind of fashioned the way that we walk with this team. The first thing that happened was um, I went to one of the team guys and I said, I feel like I need to get more involved. What do I do? Where do I go? What are the things? And he said to me, there's an apostolic guy, Henny Cater. He said, get hold of him, travel with him. That started a journey that changed the rest of my life. Because I got hold of Henny and he invited me to start traveling with him. And in those early days, it was little trips to Malawi. And then it grew out into the East African block and then into the Middle East. And then after a while, as he began to fashion me for this, I would have my elders and our deacons and our people coming with. And honestly, we reached a place where I was probably traveling three minimum, three could be three and a half months a year, working as New Day into 17 different countries, just owning the nations. We also had the flags and the everything all around, owning the fact that we belong to the nations and the nations belong to us. And ask of me and I'll give you the ends of the earth as your inheritance, you know. But it was partnering with other churches and together putting money in to rent facilities in different countries to bring leaders together, to speak to them, to go back two, three times a year, to go and encourage. Suddenly we had people from New Day wanting to go and travel into the nations, getting their passports ready. And friends, post-COVID, this is something that we as NCMI need to get back to in a hurry. That we are people who put money aside, that the people in our churches are able to travel every couple of years. You don't know what you don't know until you begin to travel. Now, I remember sitting with Dudley in a meeting once, and he said, when you walk with us in partnership, there are always three things that you learn. Stage one, you don't know what you don't know. Stage two, you now know what you don't know. Stage three, you now know something. And I remember having to journey five years with Henny Cater, having to knock all the snot out of me. 
over those years as I had to learn how do you partner, how do you walk with, how do you be under authority, what do you teach when you go into other places, what is helpful for other churches in other contexts to learn, because you don't import your local church there, you read the culture, you read the scriptures, you listen by the Holy Spirit, you learn what to do. These are the things I had to learn. Suddenly we're ministering in all sorts of different countries, even till today, ministering in countries all over the world as a result of our partnership with NCMI. Second thing I began to realize was suddenly there was sparked within us the desire, the urging to go and plant churches. And rising up through the ranks of New Day came guys and girls saying, I want to plant or I want to go with other church plants within our NCMI partnership. And I don't know how many people we've released over the years. I know it's in the hundreds. To just go and be part of other churches, to go and plant, to go and bless, to go and support and began to see that we're a church, as Dudley taught us in those days, it's not about staying, it's about sending. It's not about gathering, it's about going. It's not about us and what we want, it's about the nations of the world. And suddenly you learn to be an open-handed leader, saying, all right, through partnership, I understand that my role is to help participate in Jesus building the kind of a church that enables us to be a blessing to others. And till today, that's what New Day has tried to do. Thirdly and lastly, what I found was suddenly you're in the place where you don't have to box with your own leadership team. You don't have to strive and fight with them. Why? Because you're all aligning according to the same vision and values. And when you're all aligning to the same vision and values, understanding from Scripture how we live together, it's amazing how all the little things fall away. And suddenly we're able to come into the place where together in a oneness and a unity, walking in apostolic, prophetic Christianity, releasing of Ephesians 4, fivefold gifts through the church, we're able to go and be a blessing. So how has this benefited New Day? We would never be the church we are with the impact, if we have any, the impact we have if it wasn't for our partnership with NCMI. I then saw the privilege of the mantle of leadership and authority and anointing being handed from Dudley to Tyron and walking with him. And imagine walking with a guy whose sole intention is to make much of Jesus and the kingdom of God. You can't go wrong. And the open-handed leadership and the ability to point us towards a love for Jesus, a love for our world, a love for unreached people groups, to build a church upon the foundation of Jesus and see it prosper. It has been an incredible journey. It has been our privilege as New Day to partner with the NCMI team. And even going forward, as we walk into the years and decades going forward, it will remain the privilege of this church to partner with NCMI. God bless you.